Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they would love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three. Or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Or you can speak to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be happy to help. Now, today I am joined again by Andy Houston, Product Director at CrimTan. Um, Andy, this is part two of a double episode. We talked last time about what you were doing at, at CrimTan. We talked about uh, programmatic display advertising and specifically GDPR and what that means uh, in terms of programmatic display advertising. And we also talked about some of the fallout. What I want to talk about this time is kind of um, a piece of legislation that might have been overlooked that, that's that's coming in the future. Tell us a bit about that. It's EPR, isn't it? It is, yes. So uh, thanks very much for having me back for part two. Um, so EPR is about uh, the electronic privacy regulations. So uh, there have been a number of pieces of directive um, underneath the auspices of something called the Privacy and Electronic Communications Regulation, or the PECA, as it's as it's uh, fondly called that, within the that industry. That sounds slightly rude to me. Uh, it does. Well, it's not meant to be. You know, <laughs> that is the general acronym, and unfortunately, ad tech is full of acronyms. So, you know, maybe maybe we should move on from that. Um, but uh, yeah, the PECA uh, directives uh, were purely just directives. So um, it was an indication on how uh, people should be doing stuff, um, and again, could be interpreted in many different ways on how actually that would be, you know, sort of implemented. So the electronic privacy regulation or the EPR, uh, slightly less rude, um, was meant to come in at the same time of GDPR, but there there were so many pieces to it that the the powers that be within the EEA decided to uh, delay it whilst a number of the articles were amended. But actually, where GDPR was around personal data, as we discussed uh, in part one, EPR is actually uh, about the use of cookies and about the use of tracking uh-huh. and actually has far wider implications, uh, not just in programmatic display advertising, but also in you know, the way users are tracked across the web in general. 
So, you know, GDPR was, uh, you know, a reset button. Um, but let's but let's actually talk about what's going to happen, you know, sort of now. And I think, you know, GDPR heralded a new dawn in the data transparency. But what EPR about is is really about three fundamental things. The first one is it's about no data processing without consent. So in the previous part, I talked about uh, the legal means of processing, uh, of which two were relevant, uh, you know, within uh, within the industry that I work in. So uh, legitimate interest and consent and the use of uh, pop ups for, you know, sort of consent. Some people have gone along the route of legitimate interest, but um, what EPR is doing, it will clearly state that you cannot process any any data relating to a user without uh, the consent of the user. So legitimate interest as a reason will no longer stack up uh, in this new world. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, the the second thing is this whole concept of, uh, you know, I mean, I talked in the last part about privacy first, but this is privacy by default. So uh, simple protection against online tracking in general. So I don't know how familiar, uh, you know, the readers or yourself, Andy, are with, you know, sort of cookies and the way they work. But well, let's quickly go over that. Just just a brief um, primer on tracking cookies, if that's all right. Yeah. So um, without, without going into too much complexity, there are kind of two broad types of cookies. There are first-party cookies and third-party cookies. Now, first-party cookies are uh, and, can, and can come in a number of forms, but ultimately... What I mean by first party is it's related to the domain that the user is on. So as such can only be used when the user is on that domain. Now, you know, an an example of, uh, you know, a first party cookie might be a a cookie that's used to pass information throughout a checkout process. So, you know, if if I have a two stage checkout process and I put my address into the first stage and my email address and I then go into the next stage to put in payment information, a cookie will uh, be used to store that information on a temporary basis so that when I click the place order after putting in my credit card details, all the information can be passed back to the server to you know do the authentication and place the order at the same time. So, so, so that's a really good example of a first party cookie. Not wanting to layer on too much complexity, um, actually that is a really good example of an essential cookie. So, so EPR talks about essential and non-essential cookies, and it talks about uh, you know like essential cookies being something that you don't require consent for. So, yes, users on the checkout process, a business will not have to ask consent to use a cookie to pass that information to complete a checkout process. Yes. However, there are there is this concept of non-essential cookies. And the reason why I talked about first party and third party is that actually third party cookies, which is what is used by a lot of uh, businesses in analytics and reporting, mm. you know, for the purposes of relevant advertising. And certainly in my industry throughout the entire supply chain, third party cookies are definitely non-essential cookies. Now, EPR says that for non-essential cookies you will require consent for them and you are not allowed to drop any non-essential cookies without first getting consent and permission from the user. 
So what this will mean is, is that, um, you know, the way that it currently works is you say, you know, I mean, you're getting all these pop-ups for GDPR asking permission and accepting all, is that if actually you don't accept all, then those cookies cannot be dropped at all. So that's the first thing. And when you say dropped, Andy, do you mean um, sort of like stored in the browser from the, from the yes. website? Yes. Yes, yeah. abs- ab- absolutely clear. So dropped on the browser. The second piece, which which is even more serious, really, is is that for uh, the browsers that you use when you're when you're you know sort of looking at websites, all of them will be required to have opt out of non-essential cookies by default. Yeah. So you know, um, I don't know whether any of you are familiar with the way Safari currently behaves, but um, Safari deletes all third-party cookies within 24 hours. And in a release in November last year, Safari also ensured that data from third-party cookies could not be transferred out, out of the browser during a browser session. Right. Um, and, and Safari aptly named that the Intelligent Tracking Prevention System, or the ITP. Um, so what it means, actually, is, is, is that it's very difficult to track users within the Safari browser at all. Now... EPR uh, and its ramifications mean that all browsers will will actually behave like Safari. So mm. the ability to track users using third-party cookies is going to become very, very difficult when this legislation is passed. And actually, only yesterday, Mozilla um, actually did a release to say uh, that they are moving to being an anti-tracking browser. Mm. So... So, so what this means is, is that actually by default in, you know, from, from any new browser installation from today, uh, Firefox browsers will automatically opt out of third party cookies unless, unless you choose to go into the settings and change those settings to accept it. But then I guess the, the question then becomes for the industry, when is a, when is a consumer actually going to do that? Mm. So, so those are broadly, you know, sort of the risk that we face with with the new legislation coming through and you know i mean i've seen changes like this before in 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 other marketing channels in you know part one i talked about the fact that i've been in and around you know digital commerce for around 20 years yeah and you know i think rather than trying to circumnavigate or ignore these challenges you know there is an opportunity now for brands to embrace it and you know uh, as they should be doing already put the customer at the center of everything they do you know, and if a customer knows what you are doing with data, so you're giving them the transparency on how data is used and what is stored under GDPR, and you're asking their permission, then you know uh, there is you know sort of no change. However, that doesn't negate the fact that all browsers are going to be deleting third-party cookies anyway. So even if the user has given you consent for a third-party cookie. Uh, it's very likely that the browser isn't going to allow a business to drop that in the first place. So, mm. so I think you know, um, you know, there needs to be a seismic shift away from the reliance on third-party cookies for the purpose of tracking. I mean, I guess there's a bonus, uh, and that is that you know, sort of explicit consent under this new legislation is yours forever. Unless, under the rights of individuals, uh, under GDPR, uh, the user chooses to take that away. So, you know, it delivers you actually the opportunity uh, to build a far more meaningful relationship with the customer, not just through your display channel, but through any channel, um, and engaging and interacting them interacting with them on, on lots of different levels. So, um, I talked in part one about 
lots of the different formats and makeups of programmatic display. You know, once you once you have this consent and you have a mechanism to uh, track a user that is not reliant on third party cookies, uh, that you know you can actually ultimately develop a much better relationship with the user and your brand and what you have to offer. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So I really want to talk about customer lifetime value and specifically how sort of what it is, first of all, and specifically how that could be a safeguard against the sort of what looks like a imminent demise of, of of cookie or tracking cookie effectiveness yeah absolutely i mean so customer lifetime value is not really a new concept um but broadly we split the customer life cycle so the relationship any business has with the customer down into three stages so uh every business wants to find new customers once they've found new customers and engaged them for the first time they want to prospect them to conversion and once they've then converted them either to a product or a service or a subscription or, or, or whatever it is, that they want to grow, you know, sort of lifetime value by re- re-engaging that customer at, you know, sort of like a later stage. Uh, now, you know, this is this is put under the broad, you know, auspices of, of customer relationship management. So CRM and for any marketer listening, CRM is not a new thing. Mm. Um, it's just that while programmatic display, which is the industry I'm you know, uh, in, has been widely used for finding new customers and then this, this whole concept of prospect to conversion has been monikered retargeting. Uh, you know, so those annoying ads that follow you, you know, wherever you go across every single browser. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's never really been used to grow lifetime value of the customer. And, and why is that? Well, it's really down to this complete reliance on um, third-party cookie de- 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 deterministic matching. Now, uh, you know, I don't want to go into too much technical detail, but ultimately what deterministic matching is, is within a cookie, there is a, an online identifier. And that online identifier can be shared across the supply chain so that when 
uh, that particular ID, um, you know, and it'll be a, you know, a pseudonymous ID that's stored in a cookie, mm. appears on a particular website with a particular banner available for advertising. That can be passed down to the advertiser to then bid on that banner to then serve a relevant ad to that particular customer. Now, that is what de- de- deterministic matching is used for. So, so that's that's what ad tech relies on at the moment, and it's all done using third party cookies. Now, this methodology currently works well for only short periods. So, you know, the average cookie lifetime on most browsers is anywhere between 30 and 60 days. Um, actually, on Safari, it's, it's 24 hours, as I previously said, and yeah. it's even shorter if, you know, their new ITP function, you know, so it kicks in. And, you know, with any new install on Firefox, it'll be exactly the same as Safari. So, you know... Most businesses, you know, sort of can only dream of customers coming back and buying again within two months, let alone, you know, sort of a day. So this whole ad tech cookie model is really flawed for true CRM. However, you know, uh, and this is the thing, and, you know, um, this, 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 this new legislation, you know, the EPR is, you know, sort of potentially going to be passed, you know, so towards the end of 2019. So we're talking about, you know, so 12 months time. Yeah. But, but if you think about, you know, sort of the fact that, you know, the current way in which it's done is flawed, then, you know, actually working on how to get a trusted explicit consent signal from the customer and then not storing an ID within cookies, storing it, uh, you know, um, across other means, uh, means that you can, you know, sort of breathe new life into the way in which you connect with customers through display because, it's now not a 30 to 60 day rule or a 24 hour rule. It's actually a rule that can be used, you know, across an entire lifetime. So to find new customers, to prospect them to conversion and to grow lifetime value. And ultimately, you know, customer lifetime value is all about getting the right customer to purchase first and then getting them to re-engage and purchase again. And I'm talking, you know, sort of probably more about, you know, e-commerce than anything else here. But, but ultimately what it is, is, uh, trying to, you know, acquire that customer for, you know, a certain price and then, you know, trying to grow, uh, you know, the revenue delivered from that customer on an ongoing basis, engaging them with the with the right message at the right time with the right creative. Mm. Um, so, you know, what about targeting without user consent? Because obviously, you know, sort of, you know, we, we've we've been working in the background on a on on a solution that doesn't re- doesn't rely on cookies, but there are you know twenty twenty percent of the occasions currently where users do not uh, actually give consent at all. But within programmatic, there's actually uh, lots of data that doesn't rely on users. So you know um, the one that does is stored within a cookie and is an online identifier. But you know you still got you know the weather, which uh, Andy always talks about on his podcast. <laughs> Uh, you know, you've got time, you've got uh, broad geolocation, so city base, yeah. and, 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 you know, sort of so programmatic doesn't just rely on, on this whole concept of cookie, but a large proportion of it does. And so it's about making sure that, you know, you are um, mitigating your risk by having a, a non-personal data um, strategy as well as a personal data strategy. Um, and, and again, you know, these, these concepts are not new, but, you know, sort of for the non-personal data strategy, you know, there's a whole myriad of ambient non-personal data like website contact, keywords on page, page quality, uh, device, connection type speed, all these type of things, you know, sort of that can actually be used to hone in to deliver the right message at the right time. 
Um, but I think, you know, alongside that, because, uh, you know, historically, programmatic advertising never needed to build a relationship with, with uh, you know, sort of a customer because all of the data gathering was based on implicit consent rather than explicit consent, mm. which is where this is changing. You know, actually making sure that your creative is engaging and exciting, you know, has now been revived. I think um, there's been a lot of creative execution out there that just relies on uh, quantity, not quality. But because now you're going to be asking, you know, for consent, you know, you're going to need to be able to deliver something interesting to that user. Otherwise, they're just going to restrict processing under GDPR and, 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 and you've lost them forever. So, so a lot of the creative formats that we're exploring as a business, you know, are now coming back to sharp focus videos on, you know, um, the rise. And the reason why videos on the rise is, 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 is because generally that's something that consumers find more interesting, you know, to watch than more sort of static banners. So the whole dynamic creative element of programmatic is is having a fantastic revival mm. so i you know i think if you understand the challenges that we have uh, talked about in you know the first part brought along by gdpr and the second part brought along by you know sort of epr then as advertising continues to be digitized across multiple channels you know programmatic advertising as a business will become more important as it will offer you know companies to embrace this the ability to overlay id based profiling alongside ambient data to give really strong engaging sequential creative and messaging across all these different formats to find new customers prospect them to conversion and to grow lifetime value um, ultimately allowing true customer lifetime value within display well Adi, it's been a fascinating uh, talk so we talked about g a gdpr we've talked about the upcoming epr or epr and how that might change things i think it's i'm quite hopeful actually that it's going to make uh marketers um i, I was going to say pull their socks up but that is quite <laughs> condescending <laughs> to marketers sort of change the way they uh connect with people and perhaps a slightly more i don't know i'm going to be controversial genuine way what should we be thinking because we've covered a few things here i mean if, if there was one parting thought from you andy on this whole subject uh, for our audience, what might it be? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, there are so many moving parts, but I mean, for me, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the sun is right, you know, without being too cheesy, the sun is rising on a new world where privacy is at the center of everything you do. And I think, you know, that is, you know, great for a marketer that wants to build, you know, a deeper relationship with, you know, a client and a customer. And I don't think it's changed too dramatically now, but the change is beginning. And, you know, certainly over the next 12 to 18 months, you know, we're going to see big changes globally. Um, so, you know, this, this, this new dawn that, you know, I grandly call it, I think will be a mixture of embracing this legislative challenge, uh, you know, giving that customer more transparency on their data, you know, enhancing interactions so that your permission to use that data is not taken away because, uh, you're not, you know, sort of following them around the web with, you know, messages that, you know, are intrusive. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, so finally, you know, I mean, with this with this whole consent, you know, piece, your your hand is being forced to build a longer, more meaningful engagement with your customer, uh, you know, to actually deliver real customer lifetime value. Um, and I, for one, am really looking forward to it. What a nice, positive outlook 
I like that. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about Crimson, Andy? So uh, you can visit the website uh, on www.crimtan.com uh, or you can email me on um, ahouston at crimtan.com. Houston is not spelt as in Texas. It's two O's, two U's. Um, or you can call us on plus four four two oh seven eight two one six eight six four. Fantastic. And Crimtan is C R I M for Mother T A N for November. Correct, yes. Thanks, Andy. So thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on whatever device or app you wish. Uh, questions and suggestions go to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk or you can tweet at sitevisibility. Not forgetting we have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy White, and it's all from our other Andy... Yeah, thanks very much, Andy. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Andy. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.